going on, you guys? Alhamdulillah. Just got done recording a beautiful episode with my brother Zahid Lynch over here in the building. Uh, Alhamdulillah, man. We talked about a lot. Um, we talked about so much things that I think a lot of youth are going to be related relate with, inshallah. Man, we talked about um, things about the environment, a lot of things that the youth struggle with here in the inner cities, um, violence in communities, poverty, broken homes, navigating that. We talked about how traveling in Mecca, studying in Egypt has impacted you, shaped you, and your journey with Islam. And talked about things like family, the importance of father figures, you know, holding down the home, holding down the children. And um, and we talked about things like not judging people who are struggling, who are on their own journey with Islam, you know, talked about, you know, how to navigate, how to how to make da'wah, inshallah. So those who are learning about the deen can like love the deen instead of feeling pushed away. Uh, so I think this is going to be really impactful. I think you guys will learn something, a thing or two, because I think I did learn a thing or two from my brother Zahid. So uh, inshallah, y'all tap in. Peace. Assalamu alaikum. I'm your host Idris Ali Nasir, and you guys are tuning in to another episode of Talk Yahak, the podcast where we discuss the relevant topics impacting us Muslim Western youth. And um, today I have the privilege of hosting our brother Zahid Lynch. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good. Alhamdulillah. Man. Alhamdulillah. How you doing, bro? Alhamdulillah. Bro. I'm doing good. I could be doing better. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Subhanallah. For those who don't know, I met Zah through the community in the masajid uh, with Sheikh Fuad in the class and all that. And also, bro, just the fact that you're known in the community, you know, mashallah, is inspiration for a lot of the youth. So uh, I just want to thank you again, bro, for uh, for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Huh? Yeah. No doubt, man. So for those who don't know, bro. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, like your background? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, I'm a local Nasheed artist. I go by the name Zion National. Um, I, I come out of Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington, you know, but I be up here, you know, moving all around and stuff like that. Um, and more, more importantly, I'm just another struggling Muslim, just, you know, trying to get on the Dean Tuffer, just trying to. Uh, you know, be get more on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mashallah. Hey, bro, keep going to that Zion International, bro. Uh, yeah. Hey, bro, I know by your Instagram, bro, you be catching <laughs> flights, mashallah. Yeah, I mean, man. Where like, have you Where have you traveled to, and man, what those experiences been like, bro? I mean, I've been to a lot of countries, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I probably feel like the most influential, like the the, the traveling I I've done that was most impactful for me. Yeah, is when I went to Saudi and when I went to Egypt. Mm. It's probably the most, like the two, the two big ones. Saudi and Egypt. Why is that? So Saudi, bro, it was like that's the first country I ever been to. You know, that's the first time I ever left the country. So oh, wow. uh, that was probably like three and a half years ago, and I did Umrah, mm. uh, and it was just like it was just like life changing. You know, that's yeah. what like like sparked like. Me getting on my dean and all that type of stuff, you know. Um, and then for Egypt, it was just like that was a you know, that was last year, so that was a few years after I went to Mecca and I was more on my dean. I was ready to give up certain habits, I was ready to like, you know, that's why I learned how to read Arabic and start pronouncing my prayers correctly. How, how long was you in Egypt for? Because I remember that time period, I remember it was you and a couple brothers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not even too long, but maybe like two months or something. But enough, you know. Yeah. So talk to me about that, bro. That that Egypt trip. What made you want to go out there in the first place? Oh my bro, it was just army. Like like 
when we went to Mecca, yeah, he was like we'll be talking kind of like not fantasy, but just kind of like oh yeah, you know we should do this, we should do this, mm. but. Like, back then, I wasn't ready for none of that type of stuff. And so, you know, fast forward to 2020, mm. he's like, I'm going to Egypt. I'm like, oh, okay, that's what's up. He's like, well, come on, come with me. I'm like, I'm straight. And then he's like, <laughs> bro, like, you don't got no wife. You don't got no kids, bro. Mm. Like, you're not going to school. You're just working. Like, you know, take some time off and, and come on. And he was just on me. And so I, I was just like, man, you got a point. Yeah. So I was just like. Let's do it. You feel me? And then mm. I end up just going out there. Uh, and then I was like already trying to, because I tried to learn Arabic out here like a bunch of times. And I just like, it's it's too distracting, you know, mm. at least to open the door. Yeah. And so I was just like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there, get on my Arabic, you know, and just uh, see where it takes me for real, for real. Yeah. SubhanAllah, bro. I, I remember around that same time, those same brothers, I was actually considering rolling with y'all, bro. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I was going back and forth with Musa, Sheikh Fuad, and all that. And I, I was actually I was actually on the verge of going, bro. Yeah. I was on the impulse. But one of the reasons that hold me back was like uh, last year, my last year of school. But I, I wanted to go. I saw the brothers going. I saw like an opportunity, yeah. you know. But how was that, bro, just going out there, you know, seeing? It's, it's way different. I know that for sure. Bro, way you know? different. Bro, that's what it was. Like, mm. I thought it was going to be kind of like Saudi, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah. thought it was going to be like, like that feeling I had in Saudi was like, there's no feeling like that. So mm. I'm thinking like Egypt is like a Muslim country. So I'm going to feel like that. The same thing. I did not feel like that. It was like, uh, like I did feel like high spiritually. Yeah. But like it was definitely a lot of like struggle, a lot of issues, a lot of patience, you know, like. When I when I went out there like two days later, my grandfather passed away. Mm. You feel me? And so I was finna come back, right. but my whole family was just like, "I don't even come back." You know, like just stay out there, do your thing. Mm. Just you know, that's what that's what he would want you to do. You know, he wouldn't want you to come back. So yeah. I ended up just staying. You know, so that kind of like set the tone. You know, and then like as far as uh, just everyday life, it was just different. You know, the the the. the Apartments that we're staying in, you yeah. know, uh, it was just it was just it's the trenches, a struggling yeah, area, struggling, you know, and so yep. we got we so spoiled out here in America, you know, the things that you take for granted, like they're luxury out there, wow. you know. So it was just like, but other than that, you know, alhamdulillah, like it definitely boosted on my patience because out there you can't really get mad, mm. you can't really get frustrated, things never go your way. So, mm-hmm. like, when I got back to America, it's like nothing really even irritated me because I was wow. just happy to be home. I was just comfortable. Like, out comfortable. there, you can't really be all the way comfortable. Even when you're at the house, you can't really be all the way comfortable. So, like, right. you kind of got to take advantage of that because it kind of, like, it gets you out your comfort zone, you yeah. know? And it, got, it gets you out your community, and you can really grow, like, when you're placed in those type of situations. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot, bro. I, I think that's deadly right there, what you mentioned, bro. I think a lot of people go out there and they, like, romanticize it, you know? They think, you know, it's going to be easy or not be easy, but, like, they get so excited about studying all that, but they, they forget it's going to be hard out yeah. there. So you mentioned you left because of the distraction, all that out there. Did you feel like you were less distracted or do you feel like you could have done a lot of what you were doing here? I mean, in the area I was at, yeah. like definitely in Egypt, bro. It has resources. Like oh, when was, okay. When I was fresh off the airport, I was like, whoa, like 
this is like <laughs> America, you know, wow. if you know what I mean, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but once I got to where I was at, mm. it was like all the way like strict, you know. It was you no know, like everybody's covered, everybody's you know on their stuff, you know. Right. Uh, so it's kind of just like yeah, like your mindset when you go in there. It's definitely easy to go to the main city and. Do the same stuff you do in America, but if you stay like most of the days, I stayed in the same one mile, two mile radius. Right. I didn't really move too much. You know, the schools here, all the massages here, restaurants. There's not really too many reasons why to to go out. But yeah. Definitely a lot of less distraction. It was still distraction out there too, because you know you with the brothers, so mm. you goofing, laughing. You right. know, you still got your phone, internet, mm. but it's definitely easier to just be like, you know. Like I said, you're not really going nowhere. You don't got no family. You don't got no, like, major distractions that's taking up a lot of your time. So it's definitely, like, if you go in there with the right attitude, the right mindset, yeah, you can definitely get a lot done. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. So, like, do you feel like you were able to focus better? What do you feel like you got while you were out there? Because you went out there with the objective of studying, getting a new environment. What do you feel like you actually got out there, though? Well, I feel like I I mean, I learned how to read Arabic. Wow. You know? yeah, that was the main thing that I learned how to read Arabic, like actually understanding some of the rules and like I, I learned the alphabet multiple times, you know, but I yeah. never got past like learning the alphabet. Mm. So I got to learn how to like read it, write it, you know. Um, it was hard though too because the teachers don't speak English really, so it was like a lot of questions I had. I didn't really know how to ask them, but. That's the tough part, bro. That's the tough part. Because I low-key be thinking about, like, okay, if I go to Saudi right now or if I go to Egypt or whatever, would it, like, the language barrier? Like, let's say I don't understand something. Not literally, you know? And so, for me, it was all about planting the seed. Mm -hmm. When I came back here, like, I fell off for the first couple months. And then once I finally got hooked up with a teacher out here that can help me that speak English Mm -hmm. and, you know, speaks Arabic and all that can help me with this. I was able to answer a lot of the, I mean, I was, I was able to get answers to a lot of the questions I had, yeah. and he was able to explain it like the teacher I have now is teaching me way better than when I was in Egypt, but wow. I wouldn't have been able to do that first step if I didn't go to Egypt and discipline myself and able to, like, put make it a priority, gotcha. you know, make learning a priority, because mm. yeah, every day I go to class, I'm like, man, I ain't really trying to do this, you know, but... Yeah. I made it a priority in my heart that, like, and then once I'm there, I'm straight. But, like, yeah, like I would make a lot of excuses before that, like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that or whatever, mm. you know. And okay. so other than that, the Arabic part, just growing spiritually, I gave up a lot of habits in Egypt, you know. Uh-huh. Like, when I came back, I had the intention, like, I'm not going to do a lot of the things that I felt like were holding me back to getting closer to Allah, you mm. know. So I was able to shake off a lot of that stuff that I've been wanting to shake. You right. know, and yeah. that's all I needed was some time away and some discipline and, you know, just that motivation. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, mashallah, bro. When you came back, though, do you feel like it just gave you more strength or was it was it hard coming back and readjusting to this environment? Nah, but I'm not going to lie. I was hyped when I came back. You know, I was, was hyped. Yeah, yeah, I was excited to come back. Cause, yeah. Like, I was just like, I was just burnt out there. I'm not going to mm. lie, but like. Uh, so I was excited to come back, but I had that motivation. The motivation you know, and the I push. Was, that push. And like I said, I already had the intention to give up a lot of things, you know? So right. 
the the hard adjusting part was just the change in lifestyle. It's like two months ago I was living way different than how I'm trying to live now. Yeah. You know? Even though I was on a good transition, like when I went out there, like a lot made me like move faster. So like when I got back out there, I mean when I came back to America, like just having to surround myself with different people, having to you know, spend my time doing different things than I usually do, mm-hmm. you know? So that was a a, a, a difficult adjustment. Adjustment, yeah. yeah. I feel you, bro. Mashallah. But I wonder, like you said, that you learned Arabic, reading Arabic out there and getting familiar with that. Growing up, were you were you taught that? Were you exposed to that? Nah, bro, not really, bro. Like, mm-hmm. not at all, bro. What? Like, you know, I was born Muslim, you feel mm-hmm. me? But, like, I wasn't, like, raised Muslim, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, I wasn't really raised on... This type of stuff, you know, mm. but I always had Layla Hayalullah in my heart. Mashallah. But like, I didn't really know. That's all I knew about the religion. I didn't even really know about Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu like wow. too much. I knew who he was, but I definitely didn't have that love for him in my heart, you know. Yeah. And so, like, you know, my pops is Muslim, but mm. he wasn't really like a practicing Muslim when I was a kid. So like, but he tried. Like, he have like couple dudes he had people come to the house trying to teach me he had me try to go to Duxie but by the time like I was about to go to Duxie and trying to do all that I'm like nine years old so I'm like I'm straight I don't even want to do this type of stuff you know <laughs> you got to get a kid early yeah. you know so like um yeah, yeah I ain't really you know I tried to do that stuff as a kid but it wasn't really you know a lot had different plans you know so I it just I had to wait till I was a little older and to really like fall in love with the religion to even want to do that type of stuff you know and how did that end up happening do you remember like was it a specific moment or how did that or someone that taught you I mean like I say when I was like in high school like fourteen mm. is when I like knew because I always been spiritual you know I always like been scared of the hell you know because I always was around religion, like the most religious people I knew were non-Muslims, Christians. Like I got pastors in my family and all type of stuff. So yeah, I was always spirituality and God, like you know, like that energy. Yeah, but I never felt like the Christianity route was the right route, you know. Mm. And so I never was like, oh, I'm Christian, but I just didn't know for sure as a kid. Like, am I Muslim because of me? Or my Muslim because my dad, you know? Right. So when I was like 14, that's when I was like, I got to figure this stuff out. And so, not going to lie, it didn't take too long to get like all the way convinced because I was like old enough to be able to like understand the beauty of religion, uh, the beauty of Islam. Mm. So at like 14, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm Muslim for myself, you know? What do you, do you know what, what it was specifically that you was like, wow, the, you know, do you know Islam is just like, uh, Mo. Oh, when I read the Quran and just stuff like that, I just was like, but I already believe this. I just never really read the Quran as a kid, you know? Mm. I just never really understood, like, what Islam was. When I was like, oh, it's just believing in God and one God and, like, there's no partners, like, and you're going to go to heaven based on your deeds. Like, I already believed that. Mm. I just didn't know that's what Islam really was. So once I just knew what Islam was, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. Because that Christianity stuff, like, they got they they stuff was confusing me even as a kid, you know. Mm. So, and then like after that, it still took years for me to like want to be a good Muslim or anything like that. Like I was just content with being Muslim. Like, okay, I got it, you know. I don't 
You know, I wasn't, I was like, at least I'm Muslim, you know, because I know a lot of non-Muslims. So to be Muslim was already a blessing. And so honestly, like when I went to Mecca, bro, was when it was like, okay, that's when Allah showed me like. And you was, was that your 20s? Was that, which birthday was, was like, that? Oh, I was like, right before I turned 21. Gotcha. You feel me? Is when, like right before I went to Mecca, that's when I started like praying on my prayers. Mm. Um, you know, um. And all that. And then when I went to Mecca a couple months after that, that's when it was like, Allah showed me like, oh, well, I actually have action at being a good Muslim. Like, Allah wouldn't just invite me to, to Mecca and Medina and let me experience. At that time, I never knew. I only knew one person who ever went. I didn't know anybody who's ever went. So, like, for a lot to allow little old me to go to Mecca and Medina, I was like, oh, yeah, it got to be something. Like, Allah showing me something. Like, I got to be. I have the ability to be a good Muslim, you know? Wow. So that's when it was like, I started wanting to like be a good Muslim. SubhanAllah. Man, I remember when I went out there to Mecca too, bro. It's a it's a different type of feeling. And yeah, I feel like everybody, inshallah, like gets the, gets the experience of going, you know? But just going out there, seeing the Kaaba, just seeing it, the what was going through your head was like, SubhanAllah, like I, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose me to be here. That's, what's, that, that's what was pushing you kind of. <laughs> Yeah, bro, wallahi, like, it was like, uh, that's it, bro, you know, mm. like, I I know a lot of Muslims, a lot of Muslims who've been Muslim for a long time, mm. and they never went, you know, I know a lot of Muslims who died that never got the opportunity to go, so, like, for, for a lot to allow me to go, like, I was FaceTiming everybody, and like, bro, like, just like, couldn't believe it, you know, and mm. I was just so, like, yeah, like, seeing the Kaaba, like, in person, mm. and then even like going to Medina, I didn't really know too much about Medina, like besides like you know history and stuff. But I didn't really know like like I wasn't even excited to go to Medina mm. until I got there, and I was like, "Whoa, this is like a different type of feeling, bro!" Like that, and I I flew into Medina, so I was in Medina first, yeah. And I was just like, "Whoa, this is a whole different type of feeling." Like I never even really knew too much about this area you know yeah so like yeah it was just like it just expanded my whole mind and it opened up my heart you know i just was like look like that's just the most excited most content most like and and during that time period man was one of the most stressful times of my life like that's when it was just like all bad you mm. know so but i didn't even feel none of that like literally if i was in america i'd be stressing and like going crazy but like when i was in saudi i wasn't thinking about that stuff i was so content like i was like oh, this is this is straight i don't even care what's going on back home wow that's subhanallah but just thinking about that right now it's like as you're going through that struggles subhanallah allah subhanallah said you know you know come here it's an invitation like come here come to me Literally. you know even though what's happening back home so i want to talk about like i know we talked about traveling and stuff like that but let's bring it back like home bro uh, i mean we both grew up here in washington state and uh subhanallah uh, there's a lot of things that go on here bro a lot of the muslim western youth are, are struggling out here with their environment whether it be poverty whether it be violence whether it be broken homes so i want to ask you bro it's like what have you basically seen just go growing up what did you you know, become accustomed to, and how did you have to navigate that? You know, that's, that's a, it's a big question. <laughs> big question. Um, I say, bro, like for me, how do I say this? I got like 
I got turned out early, you know? Mm. Like, I got exposed to stuff early. I got, like, influenced negatively early, you know, before I hit puberty and stuff. So by the time I hit puberty, it was like I was already gone, you know? Mm. I was already had a certain mindset. Like I said, like, when my dad tried to put me in Duke shit at nine, like, I was already a certain type of kid. I was already a certain type of, like, I was a good kid, but I already was just, like, fascinated with uh, non-permissible things, you know? Mm. And so... And I was always, I always was spiritual. I always loved the law. I always wanted to please the law. But it was just like, like, I didn't really understand the, I don't know how to explain it. I just didn't really understand the importance of it. Well, I thought I could do both, please the law and mm. still do what I want to do kind of thing, right, you know? Right, But, yeah, you know, I grew up with all that type of stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, like street culture, you know, a lot of my family was in the streets and trying to survive and all that type of stuff. Like, most of the Muslims I knew as kids were, were st- most of the Muslims I knew when I was a kid were street dudes, you know? I didn't really know too many, like, Muslims that really, like, took it all the way seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like with the Christians. Like, you know, a lot of people that be like, I'm Christian, and they believe it, and their heart is good, but mm-hmm. they're not really practicing it. So, like, I didn't know the 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 sheikhs or the imams or nothing like that as a kid you know so yeah i didn't really um yeah so i didn't really like get the beauty of that the beauty of iman you know um mm. what you call it uh and so like just being in the you know coming from these type of environments you know you see all type of things you know and you deal with all type of things you know so i just um what do you think people from the outside looking in, you know, people who, you know, look at people who are, you know, quote unquote, in the street culture, you know, who see people, you know, struggling with this. What do you think the people from the outside looking in do not understand from those who actually grew up in this environment who, you know. By just yeah. regular people? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just being a product of circumstances and stuff, like, mm. you know, being a product. I don't even really like to say part of your environment because your environment don't really control you as much as your circumstances do. Mm. You know, there, there's kids that grew up in the worst neighborhoods, but their circumstances was all right, so they was able to, you know, do something. There's kids that grew up in good neighborhoods, but their circumstances wasn't good, mm. and it chose them to do certain things. So just being a part of your circumstances, like the people I grew up under, like my dad, my uncle, about the circumstances were just unbelievable you know mm-hmm. like the way they grew up was just like unbelievably tragic you know so to see like you might look at someone who's 30 years old like oh but you're still doing this stuff but it's like oh you don't know what a dude went through as a kid you don't know what someone went through so mm-hmm. i think that's the main thing is just not like some things you can't comprehend you know some things you can't understand and then just yeah following your desires and already being caught up in your ways you know like when you when you caught up in your ways it's hard to give up certain stuff, you know? Mm. That's, I think that's the main thing. That's deadly, bro. That's, yeah. that's, that's deadly. You know, I mean, you touch a lot about this in, in your work, you know? I, I remember I was uh, playing Lord Forgive Me, bro, and I remember I was listening to that, and I had to listen to it, like, a lot of times, bro, just to fully yeah. grasp what you were saying. Yeah, for so sure. So I want to actually transition. Uh, we're going to break down some of the things that you were talking about, but first I want to actually dive into that. Like, the, how did you get it? Because I know initially you were more so, like, in the music industry, and then you transitioned into doing the sheets. Yeah. So can you talk about your background and why you transitioned, how you went about it? 
Yeah, bro. So, yeah, like you said, bro, I was just rapping with the music and stuff. And, like, even like that, like, I didn't even know music was haram until, like, a couple years ago, maybe. You know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I already was doing that type of stuff. You know, I already was infatuated by that. Of course, growing up in these communities, that's what you're going to want to be like. You're going to want to be like the rappers. You're going to want to be. And then, you know, that's a lot of way. That's a good way out for a lot of people. You know, mm. and then my dad was involved with, like, my dad wasn't a rapper or nothing, but, like, he was involved with that type of stuff, you know? So, mm. you know, we grew up with studio in the house and grew up with different little, different rappers going to shows, like, so, and, like, a lot of people, like, would tell me as a kid, like, I had talent in that to put my talent to this rather than putting my talent into something, like, negative or more negative, I should say, you know? Yeah. And so... <clears throat> that's what had me like just had that passion for the music and then when I met like uh all people would be telling me about your son you feel me like oh, I used to tap in with him and stuff and I'm like you know like man tap, tap me in like you know I wasn't really thinking too much about it and then I ended up meeting Isan bro at one of his videos or something uh and I don't know, he already knew me, you know? And so he walked up on me just like, oh, yeah, you know, I rock with you, yada, 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 you feel me? Yeah. And so after that, we was locked in. I started just kind of rocking with him a little bit, met Petty, you feel me, going to their sessions, you know? And just like, I never even heard of this shit. I never even heard of this stuff. Like, two years ago, I never even heard of it, you know? So, wow. like, when I'm like, oh, bro, this isn't music. Like, oh, y'all do something different. Like, I'm just like, and I'm listening like, bro, this dude's dope. You feel me? Like, I can listen to this, you know? Yeah. And so, because I heard the sheets before, I just didn't know what it was. And I'm just like, I'm not listening to this, you know? Yeah. And so, when I'm listening, like, when I heard Isam or, like, Muslim Bilal and all that type of stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can actually listen to this type of stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, that's what kind of transitioned me to, like, it was a long transition, though, because they'll be in my ear like, man, boy, just, you know, give up the music and just, I'll be like, yeah, I hear you, bro. I'm just not. <laughs> and then that's one of the things I gave up, though. When I went to Egypt, I was just like, I had the intention, like, I hope I can. And then one day I was just in Egypt, I was just like, I'm done with that stuff. I'm not even mm-hmm. about to do it. Why I go back and, like, what am I, like, why move forward in something that isn't pleasing a lot like wow. I, it's not like i'm too far in it where i'm making millions of dollars off of it or nothing like that i could stop right now like when am i if i don't stop now it's just gonna be harder to stop later so i was just like i'm I'm straight i'm gonna just do that in the she stuff and, and see where that takes me got you got you yeah. hey man it's hot a lot so could we dive into that was that your first piece from you know with uh that lord forgive me yeah yeah that was my first piece bro and that was like when i recorded that but I recorded that then like two years ago or something. Like it was a minute ago. You serious? Yeah, it was a minute ago, bro. I was uh, still definitely heavily involved with the music when I when I recorded that. Petty just gave me the beat. Like, if I'm just hey, you know, do something with this. Yeah. And so that was the inspiration. The beat's like, Lord forgive me, you know, like the beat says mm. it. So I was just like, I just kinda went with the beat. Mm. And I just like just no course, nothing, just pure bars. Just like went in the stew and just, you know, it was like knocked it out you know and at that time in my place i was i mean at that point in time i was Mm -hmm. in that transition phase of like i'm trying to be a better muslim i'm just still caught up in so many things so Mm -hmm. i'm just speaking on that like being a very struggling muslim coming from here you know i'm speaking about some of the issues like 
that we deal with, you know, as far as desires, our communities, you know, our influences, all that type mm. of stuff. So I really was just speaking from the heart at where I was at, at that point in time. Mm. I wonder, man, did you did you always used to use writing as a form of just like letting out what's in your heart? Like even when you were doing the music, did you find writing as that, or did you just see, you know, what 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 was the reason behind your writing? Because bro, when you, when I when I hear you spitting, it's not like regular bars. It's like it's meaning behind it. It's yeah. passion behind it. You know? And I mean, that's what it was, bro. I always like was interested, but like, like music was my first love. You know, like when I was three, four, I was one of them kids. Like, like some kids like sports, some kids like this, some kids like this. Video games. I was the music kid, the kid that liked raps and like. Like, like, hearing deep stuff. Like, I was listening to crazy stuff as a kid. You know, I wasn't just listening to stuff on the radio. I already had, like, people used to give me money to put the dopest stuff on their iPod or on their burn CDs and stuff, like, as a, as a kid, elementary school. So, mm. I always was so infatuated with rap, especially rap that, like, like real bars and real meaning behind it, you know? So, mm. like, once I was old enough to start, like, doing it i just was like probably 10 11 years old when i started like really writing and being able to do this stuff like i just never let go of it even when i stopped rapping like there's times i did the rap and i stopped and i did it and i stopped i never stopped writing though you know i never yeah. stopped like trying to perfect my craft you know yeah. so I, it was just something i always yeah like i always was able to i was like even if i don't ever do something with this i'm gonna always do it because it makes me feel good yeah. yeah man there's a bar hold up i had to pull out this bar man and i don't even want to like i i don't want to do it with my voice because i feel like it's going to be unjust because <laughs> you know yeah but what was it can you can you say that bar bro we glorify the uh we glorify the shooters can you say that bar? yeah hold on let me see we we glorify the shooters that don't miss a shot but show no glory for the ones that don't miss a lot then we ask why the kids ain't at the mosque because they on the corner stand on the corner poster standing on the block over a little altercation, we're going to grab the Glock. You calling him your op, but really that's your op. So, bro, yeah, man, we got to get That was crazy. That. that was a crazy few bars. That was, man, like what was going through your mind as you writing this, though? Man, all right, that first part, what I said. Oh, yeah. So that was just speaking like, bro, we, we, you know, we want to be like the shooters, mm. you know, like the, the, the culture that we live in, you know, like whether it's you whatever race you know whether you african-american whether you're a revert whether you born muslim race muslim and you east african you know like yeah if you born if you come from america and you living in an urban area you want you're gonna be adapted to the culture you know and you're gonna be influenced by what's going on outside so like outside we want to be like the shooters we want to be like the that's the ones who get, oh, yeah, he's with it. He's a shooter. He's, mm. you know? Yeah. And then the dudes that's really on they den don't make, like, we're not even thinking about them. We're not like, oh, yeah, he's cool. But, and mm. those are really the ones that's like who you should want to be like. The one like mm. that takes way more effort and discipline and, and way more just realness to be able to never miss a lot, you know? Mm. Rather than, like, hurting somebody, wow. you know? And so... And then, uh, and then that makes it's like, you know, you hear the elders be like, "Oh, the the, the kids ain't in the magic, like, yeah, because yeah, they don't want to be like y'all. They want to be like these dudes out here. Yeah. They want to be like the rappers. They want to be like the dudes they see on the internet. That's what y'all not doing. Nothing that is 
influencing them. You feel mm. me? Because you guys ain't really adapted to them. Mm. You know, which I'm not saying we gotta change the religion or nothing, but we gotta when you move to a whole different country or you're in a, you have a religion that like this is a foreign religion. You know, yeah. you have to be able to grab the youth. You know, and right. so. If you're not grabbing them, somebody else is grabbing them, you know? And those people are these dudes outside, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't even make these dudes evil. They're part of their circumstances and stuff. But that's just the domino effect of how it's happening. And mm. so that leads to, uh, of course, bro, you know? Like, like in Islam, bro, like, violence should be, like, the last, mm. like, the last solution. Like, okay, when nothing else works, you might have to resort to some violence or something. Mm-hmm. You feel I me? Mean? Like, In what situation are you talking about? Just, I'm just speaking generally. Yeah. It's a situation, you know, like... The, like self-defense. Yeah, or, like, yeah. you know, like the Prophet Sallallahu and Sahaba, they went to war, but they wasn't just going to war and oh, yeah. doing all that from the get-go. Yeah. You know, they was, there was times where they was getting, you know, rocks was getting thrown at them and yep. Abused, all different types of things. torture, oppressed. Exactly. Right. You feel me? And they had to just, you know suck it up type stuff and then when it was time to 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 battle it's time to battle of course but like for us mm. this culture that we we abide by but for us it's, it's you first. know it's and it's also it's first it's yeah. off the it's off the rip it's off the jump like yeah. i'm not even thinking i'm not trying to talk i'm not trying to we're going straight to violence and a lot mm. of these like killings and wars out here but it'd be starting over the dumbest stuff it'd be starting over arguments it'd be starting over girls it'd be starting over uh dice games like all type of just wow. goofy stuff that's like, damn, bro, how many people died? And this is what it started. It started because this this dude was talking to this girl, you know? And then this dude died behind it. And then that just started a whole uproar, mm. you know? And so, and then that last bar, like, when I'm just like, uh, you're calling him your op, but really that's your op. That's just like, we see that, you know? Yeah. Muslims, before Muslims, Muslims, like, oh, that's the op. So you mess with them dudes. It's like, but we all brothers in Islam at the end of the day. Mm. You know, and I'm not saying you got to be buddy buddy if somebody, you know, killed your brother or something. Like I can't expect somebody to like be cool with that. But it's just like at the end of the day, bro. Like, like crossing that line of killing a Muslim or doing something to a Muslim. Like I don't think a lot of people really understand the danger behind that. You know. And what is the danger behind that? You know, I'm not knowledgeable, so I yeah. can't really, you know, but I don't want people to quote me, but I know, it's, I know, bro, fire is definitely at stake, mm. you know? I heard a powerful hadith, hadith, I don't want to even speak on it because I don't got the wording right, but basically, like, it was something like, I think it was a hadith, like, something like if two Muslims kill each other mm. or try to kill each other, they both can go to the fire or something because the I one just who, heard about that the one who died had the intention to kill mm. and the one who actually did it like you killed the muslim so it was something like that may allah forgive us all I you mean, feel me may I allah mean. forgive the brothers man but it, like when i heard that i was just like ooh. and then even like i said bro most of muslims i knew like as a kid were street dudes but like when it came to islam bro they were like like i know bro, i had i knew dudes that like they really be beefing and then they find out this dude took their shahada they like it's cool. Like I'm not. Mm. Like I'm not cool, but I'm not off that like that no more. Cause you Muslim, so like I know dudes that really like don't cross that line. Who will cross that line if he wasn't a Muslim? Mm. But they won't cause you're Muslim. So when I when I got older and I'm like, well, Muslims are killing Muslims. I thought that was the craziest thing in the world, bro. Cause I all even when I wasn't on my dean or nothing, like 
I always like when I found out find a person about oh, you Muslim, I'm happy. I instantly or like if I was like if I was arguing with someone, and I'm like, are oh, you Muslim? Like it's just I get a different feeling. Like oh, that's straight, you know. So yeah. like I understand though certain things happen and be out of people's control, but it's just like it's a crazy epidemic. It's a crazy thing to just see Muslims killing Muslims like right here, you know, or in in overseas, you know. Yeah, but it's just, it's just crazy. <sighs> That well, that is crazy, bro. Like we can't even get to like every detail about what causes a lot of the violence. What causes someone to want to go ahead and kill and take another person's life? Yeah. Like for me personally, bro. Like I'm not gonna even even act like that's the environment that I come from. Yeah. You know, personally, I if I stayed in one place, like there was a point where I lived in this area right here in Rainier. Had I been staying there my whole life. I probably would have been in an environment that's not the best. Mm. But, shoot, my mom, she took us to California. She took us to Puyallup. She took us to Kent. Bro, like, there was no place where I had a brother and I could look at the brother and say, I've, I've been rocking with this brother for 10 plus years. And there's a lot of brothers here who that's been the case. That mm. I brought up, I was brought up with the brother. This is like, you know, and then violence happens and your brother gets killed. I can't even act like I could relate to that. Mm. So when you see people hurting, and they feel the urge to inflict hurt on other people. It's like, can you blame the can you blame the person for feeling this way? Yeah, it's part of the circumstances, like I said. You yeah, know? and that's what like a lot of people got to understand. You can't just point the finger and be like, "Oh, look at these dudes!" Like, oh, it's part of the circumstances. Like, yeah, how can you rocking with a but your dude for 10, 15 years, and then somebody kills him, he don't go to jail. He walking around here just free. Of course you want to do something to him, you know? And I can't yeah. even say, I've really been in that experience where, like, my main dude who I rock with every day got killed. And the dude, like, some of my closest dudes, like, who got killed, who I grew up with, like, mm. the dudes who killed him went to jail or, you know, whatever, whatever you know? So, yeah. like, you, you see the dude who killed your dude, like, I can't even speak on that feeling because I never ran into nobody that killed my people. And I know mm. you killed my people, you mm. know? So... But I know definitely, like, yeah, for me, bro, like, another thing with me, like, I, I, I'm, I love people from every area, you know? I love, I don't really get in politics, you know? Like, yeah. From, like I said, I'm from Tacoma, so even out there, it's different politics. And in Seattle, like, out here, it's a lot of politics. And mm -hmm. I don't have, like, I don't really, a lot of people I love beef with a lot of people I love, you know? So it's like, I try to just... You know, worry about me and mine. You know, mm. I got too many little brothers and family that I got to really worry about. Like, that's who I really owe my all loyalty to. Mm. And so, whether these dudes is arguing and they going at it about something, like, that's between them and God. You know, that really, like, unless you're with me and somebody's trying to harm you, yeah. like, then I'll, you know, I'm not going to let nobody harm you while you're with me, you know? Yeah. And, but other than that, bro, I can't be getting into people's stuff because, like, I got, like, I might go do something and now I'm not here for my little brothers. Now I'm not here for my mom. Now I'm not here, you know, and mm. sometimes you got to you gotta choose that over any type of emotion, you know. Right. But I understand if some people can't, you know, and that's mm. just the unfortunate thing about this whole discussion that we're having, you know. Oh, subhanAllah, bro, subhanAllah. I feel like those who actually, like, like lived that life or been exposed to that life they tell the people like this is not what you want you'll hear that a lot of people yeah. like you know you gotta you gotta stay away from this you know you gotta avoid this but then we talked about earlier like those who glorify 
this lifestyle, you know, and it's for me, bro. The only thing that I just can't wrap my mind around is like those who glorify it, those who are who didn't lose somebody who why would they wish that lifestyle upon themselves? That's the thing I don't get. Is it because of social media? Is it because of the music? Bro, Is it because it's just like it, like you said, it's a balanced thing. Because the, the the same dudes, like if someone really cares about you, they're probably gonna tell you not to do it. Like my dad told me not to do it. My mm-hmm. uncles told me not to do it. You feel me? And but at the end of the day, I still got influenced by them unknowingly. You know, they're telling mm-hmm. me not to do it, but they're doing another thing, and mm-hmm. I'm seeing results. You know. Like, I'm seeing, you know, the people I know working, you know, working hard, bro, and they're not getting nothing. And then I'm seeing people that's doing what they do, and I'm seeing results, you know? I'm seeing status. I'm seeing, Mm. like, this dude's respected, you know? This dude working all day, he's not getting respected. His wife is talking crazy to him. His kids are talking crazy to him. Mm. Like, why would I want to be like this dude right here, you know? So there's that. And then there's also, yeah, like, even before, we live in a social media era, so I guess we get to speak about that. But even before that, it's always been status and egos and all that. But social media brought it to a whole different place where, like, before, you only really knew about your area. Yeah. You know, if you grew up in South Seattle, you might know a little bit about CD and a little bit about the Tacoma, but you definitely don't know what they're doing in Atlanta. Mm. How would you, you know? Right. So now, when we're on social media, we see the whole world on our phone. So we see... How people living in Atlanta, how people living in New York, how people living in L.A. And it's all depending on who you follow, you know, and depending on what you're interested in, you're going to see like, damn, bro, these dudes got, and, and the internet's fake, bro. They're going to always show you. They gonna I, just, you. Yep. I just seen people be like, hey, bro, can I borrow that, bro, so I can put that, oh, yeah, bro, <laughs> you know, well, all type of stuff. So yeah. it, it's really fake, but mm. if you don't, like, you see that and you're like, I want that. I want I want that money. Mm-hmm. I want these these guns. I want I want the attention. The, the you see the comments. All the oh yeah, this dude's getting all the girls. But yeah, I gotta do something to get all the girls, all the ladies, so they know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. They know I'm that guy. You yeah, know what I mean. And so I think that's what makes like. And so when you really in it, then you really in it, you know. And then when you're not really in it, and you're just a regular, you know, Joe Blow, you're like. <laughs> Oh, bro, I don't want this being regular stuff isn't really exciting. This being regular stuff mm. isn't really nothing. I'm trying to get some excitement. I'm trying to get some girls. I'm trying to have people respect me. So I think that's what makes people want to, like, do this type of stuff. But that's how you know that, like, you, you don't really want this, folks. When stuff hits the fan, like, that's how all this other stuff happens. You know, when stuff mm. hits the fan, they're going to, you know, they're going to break. You know, they, when when you when you behind the wall doing 15 years like that stuff ain't worth it, bro. You know mm. when you when you when you gotta get shot and you can't even walk normal, you can't even breathe normal. You gotta, you feel me? Like you gotta. Uh, it affects you when somebody shoots your parents' house up and your your mom's traumatized. Your little brothers are traumatized. Like that's the stuff that really come with it. But they don't want that. They only gonna want the good. They only want the the fun stuff. Mm. The, the fun stuff about what comes with the streets. But they don't want the like the real stuff. That comes with the streets, you know? Just mm. proud of love, bro. You know, when it comes to, like, this topic of those being influenced, you know, influenced in that direction, I want to ask you, bro, it's like, how can we then influence those 
the other direction? How can we influence them towards that? Because you, you said that guy getting disrespect by his wife, can't get no respect from his mm. kid, you know, and these guys are looking for clout. They're looking for, they're looking for attention. Yeah. So how can we influence them, whether it be fathers? How does it look like for a father? How does it look like for the men in the community? How does it look like to show them, you no, know, like, let me show you something else where you can get something better, yeah. you know, something safer, something more that has longevity to it, you know? Fathers are a huge role. Bro. That, that's huge. Fathers are a huge role. Yeah. Like, I can't stress that enough. Mm. Like, I was just thinking about this, bro. Like, me, bro, I work with, like, young people that, like, have felony, like, catch felony cases and stuff. So, mm. I work with, like, the law- the lawyers, prosecutors, probation officers, and try to just get them right. Right. I'm just looking at my case law, like, probably a week or two ago. I'm like, bro. Only like one of these, I got like 20 kids. Only like one of them got active dads in their life, bro. Like, and most of them know they dads. A couple might be dead, a couple might be in jail, but most of them, them dads is around, they're just not like active. And they're in single mom households. And that's like really affecting their decisions, bro, as far as just being hella nonchalant. Like, hearing that, I'm going to tell you, dad. Well, but don't make me get your dad. Like, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different like, thing. Make you act right. Right. And like, uh, literally, bro, like, so for me, too, like, bro, my pops was around, you know? Like, my pops always, like, he used to be in, like, Kent, Renton. He always was close, though, even though I lived, I didn't live with him. Yeah. You know, my, it was always like, I'll call your dad. Your dad will come out here right now, you know? And my dad wasn't no strict dad or nothing, you know? He was, like, very lenient. He was very, like, he wanted us to make mistakes and figure things out on our own, too. He didn't want to have a bunch of rules and just for us to be sneaky and all that type of stuff. But, like, there were certain things that were just off limits, like gang banging, like doing drugs. You feel me? Like, those are, like, straight off-limit things, you know? And that kind of kept me, like, grounded because, like, if you come in from these environments, bro, you likely going to be like, oh, I'm from here. Like, I'm from here. Like, and don't get me wrong, I love my neighborhood. I'll be like, oh, I'm from the east side, but I'm not about to die for it or nothing. If someone's like, oh, you know, I'm the east side, like, oh, I don't even care about none of that type of stuff, you know. But, yeah. like, if my posh wasn't around to really influence me in that way, who's to say I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm from this block. I'm from over here, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect it, I'll, you know. Or, like, when it comes to, like, doing drugs or trying things, like, Nah, bro. You know, like I'm. I always been scared of like the hardcore drugs, pills, and all that. Like, nah, I'm not doing that. You know, and a lot of so, people dying from those. A lot of people, die. yeah. Now a lot of people dying from it. Even mm-hmm. before people was dying, like from it, like on a crazy level. I'm not gonna try it just because my pops, my pops, stressed to me like, all right, bro, definitely don't do these things. You probably shouldn't do these things over here either, but definitely don't do these things. And my, I know. The relationship me and my dad had, he not gonna lie to me, you know, so, and he always just like, you know, he gave me everything I needed, you know, of course, there was still struggles, and there was, you know, there was times where, you know, you know, he in jail, or, you know, caught up in the streets, but he was always there, he, whether he was in jail, whether he was, no matter what, he was always there, I could always depend on him for everything, so having that, 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 that cushion kind of thing, like, you always can still feel like a, a young, like a, not like a kid, but like, 
I'm gonna be straight. I got my pops. I got you know? my dad. Even yeah. if you got your mom, just mm-hmm. like once you get 15, 16, you like a man. Your mom can't. Your mom really can't teach you how to be a man, bro. She can give you the best she can, but she cannot teach you how to be a man. Even like right now, bro. My dad's doing years right now, like crazy amount of years right now. You know, and he he went. To, he was actually supposed to go to Mecca with us, bro. Bought a ticket and everything. We was finna go in like a week. A lot had different plans. Things went different. I still went, you know, but that's, so I was grown when my dad just went to jail this recent time, you feel me? And he got three little, he got a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old right now, you know? And so that was when, when he went, when he left, that's when I was like, whoa, like, that's when I, I already felt grown, I was already living by myself and was doing my thing, but that's when it was like, whoa, he's gone now, like, he's not around now, now I can't just depend on him for everything, like, even though I... I didn't really depend on him for nothing, really. It was like, I still know I can. Mm. Now, that's not there. And that's when I was like, whoa. And I'm grown by then. I'm damn near 21. And, like, even I see it in my little brothers. Like, they're being raised by my dad's wife, you know, their mom. Mm. And even though, like, he still, my dad still has influence. And, alhamdulillah, he has resources still. And Allah made it way easier for us and my little brothers than most people whose father's incarcerated mm. it's still like the everyday life of being in a home and it's just a woman in the house mm. and you got to raise three boys and you can't it, it's a struggle man you know like i be telling them all the time you would never do that if dad was around if dad was in here you would have never done that you would have never you would have been on your stuff if dad was around mm. but you know but your mom's working all day and trying to figure things out and your mom's barely here and you feel me like now you, you, you be trying to be slick. You, you try to be slick with your mom. You try to, your mom, you're going to try to always like find She's going to give you leeway. She's going to give you leeway. Yeah. Even though she's the harsh parent. My dad's really the lenient parent, right. you know? But still, her being a woman, right. it's like, I don't know what it is really. It's you know? something, bro. It's something. Because yeah. she's the one that yells and she's the one that, even when she yelling, I'm like, ooh, man, like, you feel me? <laughs> My dad, he don't really yell. He's, he's never really tripping. But still, him being a man, mm. you wouldn't test him. Right. You feel me? And so, man, it's a huge role, you know? And I, man, there's a lot we could get into this subject by itself because, to be honest with you, I feel like nowadays in our culture and what's going on, I feel like the role of a father is very, I think it's just not acknowledged as much as it should be. Yeah. The, the, the importance of a father in cultivating a healthy society. And I, I can backtrack this because I feel like a lot of that, you know, when you talk about inactive fathers who are not really involved in a lot of these, uh, a lot of these young boys' life, I feel like a lot of times what ends up happening is they looking for a sense of that belonging, looking for a sense of community, looking mm-hmm. looking for a sense of um, like that that uh, status kind of. A lot of times you get that from your pops. Knowing that, like, I mean something to my pops. Yeah, and that's what my dad always instilled in me, bro, that I was important. He always be like, even to this day, bro, you so dope. I'm proud of you. Like, I I heard that my whole life. So that really gave me high confidence. And I still had insecurities even after that. So I can only imagine if I didn't have my dad instilling in that to me. And my mom, too, though. My mom even more so than my pops because my pops, it was like I still, like, I, I felt like, I couldn't be a hundred percent myself around him because you want to always look good in front of your pops, you know. Like being, I'm a sensitive dude, so like being sensitive and 
like I don't want to do that, but my mom, I could, I could cry and do all that soft stuff, you know. But I had both my parents like that. It's a balance. That's what you it's get balance, when you get you know? two parents. And you know exactly. Yeah. And my mom's too sweet. My mom's too like peaches and cream, you know. My dad was always reality, you know. But yeah, like fathers, like even with the women, bro. Like even more so with the women, bro. Like fathers having the, you gotta. With a son, with a boy, a boy always want to be like his dad. A dad can make a hundred mistakes. He's always gonna make excuses for his dad. Nah, my dad, you feel me? So with a girl, you don't got that much. Like I got a sister who's twenty. She just turned twenty two the other day. We got the same. That's the only sibling I have. Same mom and dad. Bro, her and my dad have a different relationship. Alhamdulillah, it's good now. Like since she's been like sixteen and now it's been good. But like that eleven to sixteen, it was shaky. Her experience with my dad was way different than mine. Even though. It looked the same. Her being a woman is different, bro. You know, because for me, like I said, my dad was involved with what he was involved with. So he ain't just trying to have her exposed to a lot of stuff that he wasn't tripping if I was exposed to, you know. So when I'm, a, when I'm around, like most of my childhood being with my dad, it wasn't me doing kid stuff. It was me being with my dad. And so when my dad and my, my sister... They didn't have certain conversations. They didn't, they wasn't as close as they maybe should have been. They wasn't, he wasn't nurturing her the way he probably should have, you know? And that affects a woman on a whole different level. So imagine a dad who, my and my dad was there. My dad was there financially, emotionally. With her, not too much emotionally, but with everything else, he did it right, you know? And she still had a lot of issues as far as, I don't want to say daddy issues, but like just issues revolving around her father. So a father who's inactive or not around or makes his daughter feel certain type of ways and calls her names or, you know, dismisses his daughter's feelings. She's going to try to feel that that same the thing, whatever your father's liking, you're going to try to feel that in a different man. You know, and I see it like. Like, a woman who has a good relationship with her father, bro. It's way different. It's way different. Mm-hmm. Even when, how she deals with her partner you're not, and a man, you're not going to let certain slide, stuff slide because you're not used to that. Nah, my father treated me like this, so of course it's not going to be the same, but, like, you're not going to let certain stuff slide. Nah, you're not going to just talk to me that type of way. You're not going to just do this type of way. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if, if your father, if you had a, a, a shaky relationship with your father and a you're going to let a lot of stuff slide when it comes to a dude. You're going to give a dude a hundred million chances because that's all you know, you know? Rather than if you got that father, you're not just giving dudes chances. All right, bro, you got like one chance, two chances to get this stuff right. If you ain't trying to get it right, I'm going to find someone that do, that can get it right because I don't deserve nothing less. You feel me? So it's vital, bro. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah, bro. Man, how can we, like, I want to ask this, like, how can we as community members show that, like, you can get respect. You can get status, even though we shouldn't be like looking for status. But it's in us, like as humans, it's gonna be that way. So how how do we show those? Like you can do that in these other ways. You can do that, you know, through other well, ways. I think just being like what gravitated me towards Islam was the beauty of it, and the beauty of it is just the logistic behind it, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, just like what's better than having a good status with a law, bro. You know, like what's better than that? Like, and really, you can ask anybody that they really gonna be like, like any Muslim kid, yeah. they gonna be like, nah. Even though if that's not really like how they're portraying or acting, they know that's the truth, bro. You know, mm-hmm. 
these Muslim kids know what the truth is. They just so caught up in their desires, bro. And so they're not thinking about it. But they know what it is. If you, you know, so I think Willie just, like, digging deep into that, bro. Like, letting them fall in love, making them fall in love with the religion, bro. And what changed me was, like, I was always scared of the fire. But the, what really changed me was, like, I don't even know how to say this, but basically, like, I feel like I want paradise more than I'm scared of the fire, you know? Like, I'm scared of the fire, but, like, that's not what hell influenced me to change. It was more so, like, I want to be in paradise, you know? I feel like under understanding what paradise really is, well, I balance, bro, because I'm scared of the fire, too. I'm not trying to make it seem like, you know? But, like, if, like, for me, when I was young, even a few years ago, I'm just thinking heaven or hell, but I'm not really understanding the details of it. Yeah. When I heard the details of hell, I'm like, whoa, bro, that is Different. crazy. When you hear the details of Jenna, bro, you're like. you already there. You're just like, whoa, bro, I want that, bro. Fact. What I got to do to do that? What and it's like, just, bro, having real conversations with these young dudes, bro, and not judging them and not, you feel me, like, not placing everything on their lap. At once, you feel me? Like, because if somebody gave me the whole rule book of Islam at 14, even if they give it to me at, at 20, I'd have been like, bro, I'm straight, bro. I'm not trying to do this, bro. Like, you got to, you got to, one, it just got to start with prayer, bro. Mm-hmm. If you're not, like, if, if someone's not making salat, if they're not making, like, all five of their salats, bro, like, don't even speak about nothing else damn near, bro. Because it's like, mm-hmm. if they're already not praying, what can you say about them smoking and not doing this or not doing mm-hmm. this or not doing that? They're already not praying, bro. They have to pray in order to change. If they're not willing to change their schedule and change their, like, shift, like, shift that, yeah. how could they shift anything else? You feel me? So I think it really just starts with, like, making people, like, just fall in love with the religion, bro. You know? Mm. Like, everybody, if you Muslim, bro, you gonna, you know this is the truth, bro. You know, even if it's you caught up in a bunch of stuff, you know it's the truth, bro. So mm. I feel like just pushing young people to, like, Find the beauty in Islam, you know. Find find the beauty in pleasing and loving Allah, you know, and put and putting that first, and, and influencing them to pray, and just really focusing on that. And once they start praying, like a lot gonna do the rest. A lot gonna open their heart. A lot gonna do like they gotta start praying. Though. That's mm. the main thing. Subhanallah, bro. I remember you like you even broke down your story and how you had to transition like between Egypt and all this stuff that you were struggling with. It was a transition process. It wasn't just like overnight. Literally. And like it reminds me like some sheikh even said he's like Allah subhanahu wa taala gave us revelation incrementally. He gave us exactly. halal haram incrementally. Exactly. He didn't just drop it on the the sahabas. Exactly. So it's like us when we talking to people who like their environment they struggling. So are we just gonna like push them and like judge them, ostracize them, and say like you know? make everything just so rigid with them as if like we are the gatekeepers of islam yeah. and like you even said uh in your piece lord forgive me like, what did you say it was a bar bro you said this is a lost religion how can we act like we don't belong oh yeah how can you act like we don't belong what was what was what was that? was that some of that that was going behind your head man nah definitely bro and then after that i was like uh the scholars look at us as Kafirs, assume we don't believe, don't even ask us, nor guide us or try to get our prayers mastered. You feel me? Mm. And when I say scholars, I don't mean like the scholars. Like I said, this is before I really understood certain stuff. I mean like gotcha. the people in the masjid. Right. You know, the more knowledgeable people than us, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't definitely, you know, I, I, I'm from Tacoma, so I, there's a masjid out there. And it's like all like 
there's not really too many people that look like you. You feel me? That look like us. That like, like, like in Tacoma, there's not really no Muslims like that. There's Arabs, but yeah. that, that's it. There's not really like, and there might be a few reverts or stuff, you know. But there's not really. We don't have a like. I never went to school with a Muslim kid. I was wow. always the only Muslim, and like, like, you know. So when I'm going to the masjid out there, or even out here too, like, you know, you might go in there like. Pants sagging, smelling a certain type of way. You feel me? Yeah. Just looking a certain type of way, people just looking at you. Don't no salams, no. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Just, just making you feel weird in there. And it's just like, man, like, like you acting like I'm not allowed to be here. You making mm-hmm. it seem like like I'm out of place or something. You making it seem like, uh, yeah, bro. And like for me, like once I, I remember when I was like 17 or something, I was a. Uh, or 18 or something, I went to the masjid, and that was the first time the imam just spoke to me. Like, I mm-hmm. bought a plate, I'm finna leave, he's like, so I'm like, where y'all finna go? I'm like, just go. And he's like, nah, man, sit down, man, you know, eat here, we're in the, mm-hmm. in the masjid, you know? And then, he's just talking to me, and that's like, it made me feel good, like, then I'm acknowledged, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I feel, you know, and... You know, we stayed to Asr. Never done that before. I never just stayed after Juma for this. I didn't even know you, bro. Wallahi, I didn't even know you could play in the magic besides Juma, bro. At that time, you know. So yeah. I'm not like it opened that door, you know. And all it took was that one time, you know. And then, of course, even after that, you know, I'm still like I done had dudes walk up to me and like introduce themselves like after prayer or something like. Salam alaikum. What's your name? Yeah, yeah. I, hey, brother, like, just some advice, you know, maybe you want to pull your pants up when, you you know, people praying behind you and yada, yada, yada. Or maybe when you come to the match, you try to cover up the smell mm. just so you don't distract people in their prayers and whoop, whoop, and making me feel accountable of, like, what I'm doing rather than feeling judged, mm. you know? And I'll give you a, a quick story that, like, this was, like, whoa, like, uh, one of my day one bros, bro, you know, uh, he he was non-Muslim, and uh, but he was one of my homies that like he say salam alaikum to me and what's up Ak and all that type of stuff. So one day I'm just like, but when you finna take your shahada, bro? You feel mm. me? He's like, ah oh, man, you know I'm finna take it. I don't know, I'm just gonna, you know, just that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So before I took him home, I was like, I'm finna go to Magic. I gotta pray Isha. You know, this right before I went to Mecca. I think it's like right before, so it's Ramadan. Isha's like. 10 o'clock or something. Yeah. We're going to make, he, he come in with me. We go play together. You feel me? Yeah. And after, you know, I, I play, you know, I'm doing dick or whatever, you know, just by the time I get up and he's talking to the dude who let prayer. So I'm just letting him talk. And then the dude who let prayer walk up to me like, hey, your boy said he's trying to take a shahada. I'm like, for real? I'm like, come on, let's go. And I'm like, hey, bro, you, you know what you're like, you know what you're doing, right? Like, you know, I don't want you to just feel like you have to do it or nothing. Right. He's like, yeah, I understand. So I'm like, for sure. He took his shahada, bro, right then and there. It's Thursday night. Uh-huh. So then I'm like, I'm going to come get you for Juma tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What, 13, 14 hours later, bro, mm-hmm. I go pick this dude up. I'm like, ah, oh, bro, you smoked? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I wasn't supposed to, bro. Is it over? I'm like, Nah, but it's good. Like, bro, you just became Muslim. You ain't know no better. You feel me? Mm. Uh, wow. So we're in there making wudu. Yeah. You know? Man, one of the brothers coming like, ah, oh, stock for a lot, man. People coming to the magic, man. Like, Hi, woo. Just talking all this gibberish, but he's not being direct. So I just look at my boy like, 
I ain't worry about this dude. Mm. And but my dude, like, I don't want to say it's obvious he's a reaper, but well, he got tattoos all over his face. Like, mm. you feel me? There's not too many born Muslims that's just got this body full of tattoos. Yeah. And so, like, he looked like a rock star, bro. <laughs> and so, it was just like, uh, bro, like, you don't, this dude don't even know. This dude just took his shahada less than 24 hours ago, bro. And you're over here just talking. You don't even know nothing yet, you know? And you're just over here being, you didn't come walk up to the dude and advise him. You didn't ask him for his name. You didn't ask him how long he became a Muslim. You just came in here talking. You feel me? I don't, like, what is your intention? You feel me? Your intention can't be to change somebody because you, all you, that's going to make someone, like, if I wasn't there, he probably be like, well, I'm never coming back over here. They tripping over here. Like, you feel me? So, you got to, like, I think the big thing is, bro, you got to, you got to meet people where they're at. And you got to just purify your intentions. You know, make people, like, if your intention is to make someone better Muslim, there really shouldn't be too much judgment and negativity coming out of your mouth. It should be made with compassion and met with understanding and met with, of course, accountability in that. Because if you speak to someone a certain type of way, they're going to be accountable to themselves. Mm. If you're like, man, if you, when you do this, you might make someone feel like this. You're going to be like, damn, I never even thought about it like that, you know? Mm. Rather than just like, oh, don't kind of imagine smell like weed. But it's like, oh, but who are you? But if you're like, well, you know, you might be distracting somebody. You know, you want to be mindful of this, this, and that. And, you know, like even I remember I heard a hadith like when the prophet saw the song. It was something like when someone came to the magic after eating garlic or something. Mm. It was like, go, go brush your teeth or something like that. It was like just the smell that might distract the next person, mm. you know? Right. And so it, it kind of gives you a, 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 a mindset of like, damn, we, just being mindful of and conscious of mm. what you, your actions can lead to maybe making somebody else just feel different or distracted you know so i feel like we gotta take that angle with certain people you gotta take that approach i take that approach most definitely bro thank thank you for sharing that story bro because i feel like that that by itself is gonna touch a lot of people that story uh subhanallah let me just take a minute to collect my thoughts bro because that (laughs) bro you just hit me with that bro yeah no that's that's definitely like i I, it hit me yeah that was it you know because i had people talk to me about the same stuff but they came at me differently you know mm. some people came at me a little snickering and you know all that type of stuff yeah. but the the, the the ones that impacted me was mm. the ones that came and introduced me hey what's your name brother mm. how long you been muslim where are your parents from are oh, you living around here this is that you go to school Ooh. okay hey man you know mashallah you're praying and imagine but let me just give you some advice Brother to brother. That's what's going to touch somebody's heart. You make them feel loved. You make them feel like a part of the magic. Wow. You make them feel a part rather than just like, oh, man, what you doing? Oh, my God. What was it? Mm. But what, brother, you don't know? Like, I don't. And you have to ask yourself, is this the way the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam yeah, you have to ask yourself that, bro. Like, you have to ask, do you, do you, the way that the Sahabas accepted the deed, exactly. the way they were willing to put their lives on the line, exactly. sacrifice whatever they had. Exactly. Because of the rahmat, he was a mercy to mankind. Exactly. And so, subhanAllah, when, when I just think about people who move like this, and you know, there's another thing, bro. I think another thing people don't realize is when people are so critical of other people, they have to remind themselves, what struggle are you going through? Man. Because don't, don't, don't act like you don't got skeletons in your closet saying, that you hiding. You and know? one thing I noticed is dealing with, like, like when, when I was a kid, bro, mm. I thought everybody born, like I said, I ain't had no Muslim friends or nothing. Child was like, 
16, 17, mm-hmm. you know? I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah. But I see them at the Magic at Juma. I'm like, oh, yeah, they probably all on their stuff. They probably never miss a prayer. They probably know the whole Quran. Like, that's how I just thought. And so I, like, really when I went to, and then even some of the, the friends I had, they was, like, friends I met, like, you know, kind of, like, in the streets. So they, like, the, the best Muslims already. They like me, kind of. But when mm-hmm. I went to UW, and I'm seeing some of these more, like, privileged Muslim young mm-hmm. people, and I'm like, oh, they they got mistakes just like I got mistakes, man. They ain't, the, you know, they, it's not all just, you know, peaches and cream with them either, you know. We mm-hmm. all struggle with certain things. But, like, another thing is just, like, when you come from an environment, bro, like, if you got two religious parents and you got religious grandparents, aunties, of course, you're still going to struggle, but you're still hold to a different standard, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, when you come home, it's a certain type of energy. There's a lot of Muslims out here that don't have that, that there's nobody they even have to look good for. So, of course, they're all the way to the left, you know? Mm-hmm. If you got good parents, that's like, nah, you can't come in here smelling like weed. Mm. Uh, that's gonna affect your smoking habit. Right. You can't come in here doing this. You can't come in here and bring girls over here. That's yeah. gonna affect how much you mess with girls. But if you live somewhere where it's like no accountability, you can walk in here smelling like weed. So you smoking all day. You can walk in here with a girl. So you can go get a girl and come back. You can, you know. So you gotta also understand like some people are more exposed to sin than other people. You mm. know. And you can't just be like, oh, I sin less or something. It's like, well, you sin less, but you also have more things in place for you not to sin. Mm. And this dude, he might sin a lot, but there's nothing holding him back. Like, for me, every change I had had to, had to be for the sake of the law. Because I ain't had nobody to be like. I ain't had to look good for nobody. I ain't have to. Like, my parents was going to take me however I was. Of course, they want me to be good, but they never was on me about certain things, you know? Yeah. And I had a really, all my changes, I didn't stop doing certain things because for, for, to please my parents or the, to, please, mm. to get a job or to, to please a, a, a woman, mm. it was all for the sake of Allah, you know, because I ain't had no other choice. Hey, hey bro, know? let me just dial that in for a second because I do want to highlight that point. People need to realize a lot of us that are like really immersed in a Muslim household or whatever, a lot of what we do is we move because of the culture, because of the family, because of the community versus somebody who purely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after, you know, all the obstacles, everything in front of them, they chose to choose the very hard way. But for us, it's like everything's mapped out. So on the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this person's actions and this person, the sacrifice they made is worth more because of what it cost them. Mm -hmm. And I think like, like people, I'm going to say like people like myself, people that, you know, that are like brought up in a Muslim practicing environment in a community where this is just outlined. This is the norm. This is praiseworthy. Yeah. So you're incentivized to choose this path yeah. versus somewhere where, somewhere where this is not, you know, this is like kind of off that. This is, you know, this is not the norm. This is unusual. Exactly. You know, so I, I, I do want to highlight that, bro. SubhanAllah. Yeah. And you have to understand that. Even yeah. like for me, like, like I got like my mom's sons, my other, my brothers on my mom's side, they took that shahada. You know, they, they had no Muslim dad. So they took mm-hmm. that shahada later as adults and stuff. And like, it would be wrong for me to be like, Oh, you need to stop doing this. So, oh man, you gotta get on this because it's like, bro. At the end of the day, I had a Muslim dad that instilled this into me young, even though it wasn't the most. You know, it was enough though. Mm. Like literally, like that's all you need to. That's the start. If you got that, you're good. Mm. If you got that, you have action at attaining everything else. Mm. That's the first thing you have to have. 
Wow. So for someone who didn't grow up with that, yeah, it's a like if they when the things that they do is more reward for them than me because I grew up with at least a little bit. I grew up with something, you know. Mm-hmm. So you can never look down on nobody, you know. You can never just be like, "Why you do this, man?" Yeah. You know, because we all struggle. Like there's so many. Only Allah knows. Sometimes mm. I might do something. I don't even know why I do it. I don't know. I don't know why I do this. Mm. A lot got a better understanding of why I do this more than me. Mm. You know, and so yeah, like you gotta you you know you can't like put that judgment on certain people, bro, because it's like you don't know what. Like you said, bro, Allah might be rewarding this person way more than he's rewarding you. Mm. You don't know what scale is what. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So mm. you wanna always just be. Purify them intentions, you yeah. know, be straight. Everything's the know? intention. People Everything's have to... intentions, bro. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. You know, you might have just did something and you might have just burned all your good deeds by one comment you said <laughs> and gave this dude all your good deeds or something. Like, you don't know what Allah is doing about, like, out there, you know? So, it's powerful, bro. It's powerful, bro. That's why Islam's so beautiful because mm-hmm. you can't, like, you can't be like, oh, he's a better Muslim than this dude, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you can't. You can't even say that, you know. Only Allah can be like he's a better Muslim. He's he's more beloved in my eyes than mm. this dude. But you, we can't say that. We don't know what's going on, you know. Subhanallah. Yeah. All we can do is like pray for ourselves. Oh, man, all we can do is pray for ourselves, <laughs> and then pray and for the about, person. Like worry about uh, what concerns you. Of mm. course, if you see evil, if you see like impermissible things, you should try to change it. But right. Don't like. There's an approach There's to an it. There's an approach to it, yeah. you know? And at the end of the day, some things you just don't understand. Some things you can't solve right now. Some mm. things you can't fix right now. And you got to just maybe just plant that seed. You right. never know what seed you may plant, bro. Like, like them dudes that didn't talk to me, I don't even know these dudes' names. I just, I don't even, bro, if I seen them, I probably wouldn't even remember their faces. But I remember it, and I can ask a lot of reward those brothers that advised me, mm. you know, that really, that, that, that really changed my like i never forgot it i can't remember the names of their faces you know but i never forgot that advice that they gave me you know mm. and they might wallahi there's no way they can know how much that impacted me they just was talking to somebody oh brother let me advise you on this they probably don't even remember that if i walked up to them and said something they probably wouldn't even remember me mm. but imagine how much reward they're getting based on that them saying something and it influenced me you know so that's really like the the approach that we got to take just plant seeds because we do the work and then we leave the results to Allah. Mm. I think a lot of people they try to do the work and do the results. Mm. I'm telling you the truth. Why don't you follow and it? get failed and we we'll get upset when yeah. it, the results is not exactly. coming? Exactly. You know, like I was just talking to one of the brothers. I can't even remember who I was talking to, bro. A couple of days ago, and I was like, <clears throat> I don't know something about giving a crown to somebody and. Them not reading it, something like that, bro. Mm. And I was just like, bro, like I gave this Quran. Man, I didn't gave a bunch of Qurans to people. I don't know who read it and who didn't. You know, that's mm. not for me to. I'm just giving it to people here. Read this. It's the truth. Like if I, if you ain't listening to nothing else, I say read this. You know, mm. man. One of the, I just found out one of my brothers. You know, he's he's incarcerated right now, but I gave him a Quran a couple of years back. You know, mm. never even talked to him about it again. You know, just hey, here you go, bro. Like. He ended up taking a shot in there, though, bro. You know? It's just a seed planted. He ain't taking a shot with me. He ain't called me and asked, like, hey, man, I'm thinking about shot. By the time I found out, oh, he already took a shot. He in there with some Somali brothers, and 
You know, he's like, oh, yeah, I already know about this stuff a little bit. You know, like, yeah, my boy put me on. What y'all talking about now? And so uh, they, you know, they did the, I plan, I might have, and who knows? I don't even know. He's, you know, know. I might have planted the seed. Mm. And these brothers did did the, the rest of the work, mm. you know? A lot does everything, but, you know, they, a lot use them to do the rest of the work. Mm. A lot use me to maybe plant the seed. Mm. And sometimes that's all you need to do, bro. Sometimes you don't need to really you just got to plant the seed and make dua for them. How mm. often are we making dua for these people we're giving dawah to, you know? And Allah's going to do the rest, bro, you know? Allah's going to do the rest. Allah's going to do the rest, man. SubhanAllah. Man. Hey, bro, I know this is going to touch people off the rip. I know this is going to impact people. Man, inshallah I do, man. You know, SubhanAllah, I want to ask you, bro, uh, what makes you hopeful for the youth? You know, when you look at the youth, although we struggling in many ways, you know, with our desires, with our environment, uh, well, what makes you hopeful that, you know, they're going to choose, you know, the better path, inshallah? Man, I think, like, one, bro, I think just brothers looking like us, you know, to relate to, mm. you know, good brothers that's, like, on their dean that wear sweatsuits and wear certain clothes, wear Jordans and stuff like that, like, and you could relate to him a little bit, you mm. know. Oh, uh, this dude hoop, but he's on his dean. Oh, uh, this dude does this, but he's on his dean. This dude, you know, like just being more relatable, bro, and, mm. and, and and maybe having some of the young people be able to see themselves in that, you know. Mm. I think that would definitely. And then, you know, even maybe social media. Social media is a, a, a blessing and a curse, you know. Right. Like for me, excuse me. Social media played a huge role in like getting on my stuff you know just watching certain videos a lot of hot but i didn't even know what the hot deep was a few years ago like mm. i didn't even know what that was like probably four or five years ago you know yeah so seeing this like but what is this right here you know right. hot deep okay what is that the sooner <laughs> like yeah i heard these words before but i don't know what they are mm. you know and a lot of what i learned at least from the beginning was through like social media and um you know, then, of course, you know, like, you don't want to just follow anything and you don't want to just, like, listen to anything, you know, but you got to start somewhere sometimes, you know. Sometimes you got to just, you know, listen to some of this stuff and just for it to open your heart and be like, man, this dude got a point. Let me see. And then, you know, some stuff you might be like, uh, that's debatable, or, uh, you know, and Allah knows best, you know, but definitely, bro, I think just, like, we have a lot of access to these phones while we can literally look up every single hot deep. Mm. We can look up if how uh, reliable it is. Mm. We can look up it's right here. You know, before you got to find a book and you got to do this, you got to do that, you know. And, like, I feel like that's a good start. And then once you get a certain type of level, bro, like, then you can start, you know. Of course, you never want to get rid of the books. You know, those are the best. Like, when you see mm. them dudes with books, case full of just... Yep. Arabic books and trade, you know, that's like, my, you know, I'm a bark, but a lot of people ain't there yet. I'm not even there yet. So a lot mm -hmm. of people aren't there yet to be able to, you know, take in all that. You got to start somewhere. So I think, man, that's definitely uh, what I'm hopeful for that, you know, you could really do your research. You don't got to go do too much. You don't got to go find hella books. You can... Well, you can, you can damn near ask any question on Google, and it's going to have something that can guide you to something, you know? Right. So, I'm hopeful, though, man. May Allah guide us all. I mean, I mean. Hey, bro. So, inshallah, man, what's uh, 
what's in the works for you you know with your works as a muslim nasheed artist you're with you're with the label third world united right with i'm Pettina? not really even do you you guys be working together we or? work together gotcha, you know, gotcha. i haven't signed anything with them or nothing gotcha. uh, but we work together you know they're my ex you know on and you know whether i do it or whether i don't gotcha and my brother so right now bro you know i'm just working on the craft you mm. know i'm really just doing the work you know i'm trying to mm. get some type of uh project together in the near future inshallah, inshallah. more videos we're just building up the brand bro you know just getting getting my stuff together you know making content right like that's really it's it's uh and what message are you trying to get out there through your work and all that well just um uh, it's kind of like yeah highlighting the beauty of the dean bro like mm. glorifying this really like how we mm. say what people glorify glorifying the dean you know mm. glorifying this rather than glorifying some of this other stuff that our people glorify you know and mm. and but still making it relatable Still making it like at the end of the day, I'm still me. I'm still Za. I'm still the same Za that, you know, did all this other stuff. I'm still the same Za that's from over here. I'm still the same Za that, you know, people can relate to this because I'm one of them. You mm. know, I'm, I'm part of the people, you know. So just speaking on that, you know, and, and letting it be known that, like, like, even me, like, I glorified a lot of the wrong stuff, you know. Mm. I influenced people to do a lot of wrong stuff, you know, man. Allah forgive me. Mm-hmm. And now I'm on this. If I can influence you to do something wrong, I I definitely should be able to influence you to do something right, you know. Mm. So that's the message I'm trying to put there. Like, this is the best thing. Islam, following Allah, pleasing Allah, this is the best thing you can do. Everything else is really for the birds. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, man, subhanAllah, bro. I think that's a good note to edit on. SubhanAllah. man. I was very impacted. And I think a lot of people are going to be impacted, bro, by, by your story, by by this discussion, inshallah. Uh, where can people tap in with you and your work, bro? Man, you know, they can go on YouTube, you know, Za International. Uh, and they can follow me on the gram, Za underscore international. Uh, that's like the main stuff, you know. I'll be on a couple of these other things, but Instagram is really like the main Stuff that Instagram. I'm on right now, Instagram, YouTube, you know, I got a couple of stuff, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, same name, you know, but that's really you could catch me. Got you. Yeah. All right, bro. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you of for course, coming, bro. bro. May Allah yeah, reward you. you bringing me, man. Of course, of course, of yeah. course. And inshallah, maybe have you in the future, inshallah. Definitely, Check definitely. in. And inshallah, have like a part two, because then this is a big discussion. Yeah, inshallah. definitely, bro. Looking forward to it, inshallah. Most deaf, most deaf. All right, y'all. Well, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, go ahead, like, share, subscribe, share with somebody who you think will benefit, inshallah. And uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Assalamu alaikum.